0: Hi, everyone. This is Ronnie at Everything Virtual, and I have a special guest joining me on the episode today. It's Eddie Lee. He's one of the co-founders of Funktronic Labs. They're a, a VR game studio based in, in California, and they've worked on uh, several titles that you may have heard of, uh, one of them, Cosmic Trip, which has been out for a while, and then most recently, Fuji, which was released on on all major VR platforms, including, including the Quest, in addition to, you know, I guess the the PC based platform. So, uh, with that out of the way, I wanted to welcome you, Eddie. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, man. This is quite an honor.
0: Very no, be- no, no. The, honor, the honor's <laughs> all mine. And and, and like I uh, like I was I was getting to earlier, you guys have worked on multiple titles uh, besides Fuji. I kind of wanted to backtrack before we get into that. Uh, could you kind of just share what your experiences with VR are in general and how you got into this?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I first got into VR, let's see, I think it was 2013 when, uh, I, I think it was 2013 when the Kickstarter first opened up for, you know, the original Oculus by, you know, Palmer yeah. Luckey. Yeah. And we, I was working then at a company in Japan called Q Games. You know, we did a lot of like pixel junk titles, mm-hmm. we did the Star Fox 3DS, etc. Mm-hmm. And I remember um actually it's my co-founder, Kaelin, who was really following up this, uh, following on this uh the uh the Oculus Rift Kickstarter. And you know, I had no idea what was going on. In you know, in Japan, you're kind of living in this, this bubble. So as as the Kickstarter was blowing up, you know, um, kind of started to hear a little bit more about it. Eventually we got one of the, the dev kits, DK1. And <laughs> I remember uh you know, we, we received it at the Q Games, and we tried it on. There's a huge line for it. No one knew what exactly it was, because no one was really hearing about VR or anything in Japan. And I remember the first time I tried it, it was the um, the Tuscany demo. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm very <laughs> familiar with the Tuscany demo.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of a classic, like, story now. But, you know, first time I tried it, even though it was kind of rough in the pixels, you know, it was... It was it was very early form, but I just remember being so blown away. I think I even uh, cried a little just just uh-huh. thinking about the potential of the platform. And I think from then on, it kind of it felt different, you know. I think it just really convinced that I wanted to pursue it. So, um, so me and my uh, co-founder Kalen, you know, mm-hmm. we're both part of the Pixel Junk team. You know, we decided to you know spin off. And Dr. Thane and Craig Funtronic Labs, you know, I think both of us had a very deep interest in, you know, technology, specifically VR. Kind of really opened our eyes when we first tried the DK One. You know, that Tuscany demo man was 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 was
0: fire. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I actually recently like uh, using so- the sideloading loading uh, software on on Quest uh, got it running on my Quest, and I was like, man, this brings me back to the days.
1: Yeah, it's it's such a such a vibe like i don't know it's it's kind of a almost like a historical artifact of vr now like everyone tried that i guess everyone in the space has tried that tuscany demo yeah Yeah.
0: and that was the the tuscany demo was the first thing i think i I tried where i could actually move around in 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 the space because obviously like the the dk1 it was positional like it didn't have the or it didn't have the positional tracking it was more like 3 D off um And, but, but I just remember that being the first game, like, you know, piece of software that I played where I could, I could actually move around with the keys. And I just was like mind blown all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> instead of just looking around, now I could actually move around. I was like, wow, this is, this is nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was so beautiful, man. I remember just like feeling so immersed, even though it was extremely rough. Yeah. You know, just that feeling of, of presence in such a, you know, in such a limited hardware, I just saw the potential, you know, and just considering, you know, that was what was it? I think the Kickstarter still was 12 and then the D, the DK1 shipped uh, 2013 or something, 2014, and then yeah,
0: 2006- I, think for, I think 14, I think 14.
1: 14? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And then 2016 is when, you know, when the rift and the vibe dropped and we're only three years from when the first consumer launch. And just just seeing how quickly the technology has progressed is is kind of mind-blowing.
0: It really is. (laughs)
1: Um, Definitely like the concept of, you know, the traditional concept of uh, like a console cycle, six-year console cycle you know, it's completely out the window. It's just, you have the DK or the DK one and then you have the consumer release. And now we're on sixth off, you know, quest tethered list. It's, it's kind of...
0: It's, no, it, it's, yeah, it's mind blowing. <laughs> Cause that, that's what like, I, I haven't brought out my, D, like I have my DK one kind of sitting in storage. I've been thinking about bringing it out just to just to remind myself of how, how far we've actually come. Because like some of those experiences, like you said, they were so mind blowing just a few years ago but i'm sure if we go back and try them now they would be seem so crude because of all of the huge leaps we've made in such a short time so it's just exactly. yeah it's no i i totally agree with you and i'm and i'm with you in terms of that initial feeling you got when you tried it for the first time just thinking man this is a game like and not to not to jump ahead but like i get those same kind of feelings when i play games like fuji where i'm in a, like i'm in this environment and like constantly i like I hear thoughts in my head just telling me like, wow, look at where I am, you know, like, <laughs> like, like this, much. yeah, no, but just this idea <laughs> that you're able to be transported into these, into these new world. And like, literally, like, you know, I'm in my living room, but I'm not anywhere close to my living room at the same time. It's just still like, is crazy to me. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I feel the same, man. It's just, uh, yeah, I think with the sixth off as well, I remember trying sixed off I think my first experience it was 2015. My friend Adam had a Vive in his house in uh, South Pasadena, and then I remember just like driving there, and then it was you know it was the it was the old version where it's all it's still wired up. You yeah. Know, the controllers are still like wired to this like USB dongle thing. It was really rough. Um, you know, a lot of exposed wires, and I think I tried the blue, which is the first experiment experience I tried in, in Sixtaff, and that really, like, you know, I was a believer, but that made me, like, I don't know what the word is, like a, like an acolyte, you know, in yeah. VR. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I guess since then, haven't really stopped, you know, the the VR industry has gone through, you know, like, the insane hype cycle. Yeah. Like, 2015, I think, was was peak hype. And then, you know, after the consumer release, maybe not so hype, you know, <laughs> I guess reality kind of set in. Yeah.
0: And then, um, You kind of figured out, like, who are the people that are really into this versus the people, like, that, yeah, just for whatever reason right now just haven't gotten a chance to get into it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And even though, you know, the industry hasn't exploded as everyone predicted in 2015, you know, I think me and the company, we still agree philosophically about where VR wants to be. Yeah. You know, and what it wants to do. And that's why we're, we know, still in it. And it seems like it's kind of coming up. You know especially with the quest
0: I mean, yes yeah. Looks... yeah no i agree so so before we like, again, we'll get into those later but okay. um getting to i guess your first game so so you so so you guys decided to to you know leave q games and start funktronic labs uh after seeing the huge potential of vr and just being super excited about the possibilities there um what were kind of your first steps getting into development in VR. What was that like, and how did that lead to Cosmic Trip?
1: Yeah, right after we started, uh, sorry, right after we started Funktronic Labs, we did some work for hire, um, just to, you know, save some money. Mm -hmm. Um, We were working for this company called Leaf Motion, which is this um, hand-tracking device. Mm -hmm. Um, Me and the, uh, I guess the CTO, David Holtz, we're we're pretty good friends now. Um, but back then, you know, he he really was into kind of the stuff we're making, and he wanted to launch his hardware, and he wanted like kind of some pretty visualizers to uh, to show off the hardware, um, some pretty software visualizers, and mm-hmm. we we developed those for him, and then that's where we kind of got understanding of kind of motion controls, like how to use your hands and mm-hmm. things that feel kind of good, and I think a lot of the mechanics did eventually transfer to uh, VR. Okay. Uh, In the meanwhile, we were also we we made like a two D game, (laughs) two D console game called Nova One Eleven, and it's it's kind of a turn based real time mix. Um, We have it on like every every platform, and and after that, you know, I think it was around two thousand and fourteen where we got the DK two. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start to get really into VR. Leap Motion as well was getting to VR as well. So that we did some work for hire for them. Okay. Developing some, vi- we made this thing called Collider, which is this, uh, it's, it's like this music visualizer video interactive thing where you're traveling through this, uh, the large Hadron Collider, um, and you're like uh, you're like a particle, and you're like it's like the psychedelic <laughs> experience where you're using your hands to make beats, and it's really um, that very awesome. cool experience. And that's yeah. that's kind of where we learned, uh, I guess, some design principles from VR, and then we transitioned into cosmic trip development. Okay. Um, you know, back then with Cosmic Trip, we we pretty much it was very early. I think it was we started in 2015, and back then we only had. Uh, two references, which is like Job Sim and The Blue. Like, how do we make a VR game? Okay, what? What? No, those <laughs> are the only two things that we could wow. really, you know, analyze and um, from a design perspective. Yeah. Um. So, I think the the concept, the original emotional aesthetic that we want to convey with Cosmic Trip was, you know, like a real time strategy game where you feel like this commander badass. Uh, going into a battle with this drone army kind of behind you like kind of flanking the enemy from behind and I think it was from that Kind of that emotional tagline, you know feel like a badass controlling a bunch of robot drones Yeah, that it eventually kind of evolved into a real-time strategy game um, We We as a company, you know, we, we really like real-time strategy games, you know, yeah. uh, especially the Golden Age you know, like Age of Empires, Starcraft, Warcraft, Warcraft 3, you know, really kind of was bummed to see that real time strategy as a genre has really fragmented and kind of bifurcated into, you know, like MOBAs, League of Legends Mm -hmm. and uh, tower defenses, you know, and the real time Mm -hmm. strategy has not, it's kind of just like pittered away. and. We kind of thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to do like a real-time strategy game in VR? Back then, there was no other ones, <laughs> so we, we, we thought, like, why don't we? And, try I, and
0: I feel like early on, that was that was one of those like when you saw what the technology was potentially capable of. One of the things that you could kind of imagine is the like how tangible like in real something like a real-time strategy game would feel like in VR, because like oh, like I'm actually managing these physical objects in 3D space. Like it, exactly. it sounded it sounded like something that okay this someone needs to make this because it, it could potentially be really cool in VR
1: exactly exactly um, just that feeling you know real-time strategy games are usually like God view isometric yeah <laughs> and we we kind of wondered what it would feel like in VR and a lot of the design principles have been around you know like I think it was like was the three core pillars of RTS so just like uh, like economy and like build orders you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. positional strategy and I forgot the third one is <laughs> uh, you know just general micro probably like micro macro management yeah um, and we want to convey like those three elements into um, causing trip and you know it's been a oh, wow four years no sorry three years since we released the early access version and yeah we've we've been we recently also uh, released an update, which is we put a gun in there. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's been a wild ride, you know. We, we learned a lot from Cosmic Trip and it definitely opened up a lot of doors for us as a company. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're very grateful to have been able to create that game and to, you know, to be able to grow as a company from hmm.
0: that. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard, like, so me personally, like, it, uh, ironically, I'm not a huge RTS guy. Uh, the other, uh, my, my partner who's not on the call this moment, Zane, he is, so he's played a lot of Cosmic Trip, oh, wow. and Cosmic, yeah, Cosmic Trip is one of those games that, like, has constantly been on my wish list, and I was like, ah, I should get it, I should get it, I should get it, and I picked it up, uh, like, a couple months ago, I'm out of town right now, so I, I'm only playing on my Quest, I really wanted to try it before this interview because I've heard so many great things about it. <laughs> Thank um, you, but 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 yeah, it's it's awesome to hear, um, you know, kind of how you guys took your passion for VR and were able to fuel it into uh, creating an RTS since you guys were so into them, and it was something that you know wasn't on the platform before. I feel like that's a huge contribution to to the to the platform because really, like, is still to this day, I think it's cited as one of the like one of the best RTS games on the platform.
1: Oh wow, wow, that's that's wow!
0: I'm, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but so so I can't wait to go home and play it, especially after playing because because now I guess that's going to lead me into our discussion on Fuji because uh, Fuji was the first game that I that I got to play that you guys made, and I it was just like it's just oozing with charm and oozing with uh, just uh, amazing you know VR touches and atmosphere and. Um, I'm kind of cute. So, yeah, so it makes me want to go back and now play cosmic trip because all of a sudden I'm recognized, okay, this is, I, I see why the games that these guys are making are really popular with a lot of VR enthusiasts out there. Um, and so I want to go back and play that. What led you to go from creating an RTS to something that was, uh, you know, I mean, I guess the way, and, and this is not me, this is not me like reading any, anyone else's interpretation of the game. I, I, I like to steer away from what other people say about most of the games that we cover as much as possible. So, with, so with Fuji, I went into it really uh, besides like cover art and screenshots, really not knowing a hundred percent what the experience was going to be like. And I mean, the best way, like when I was playing Fuji, I was trying to kind of put a label on, on, on what I was playing. Um, and, and, First my first inclination was, oh, this is like a puzzle game. And then after a little bit more playing, I was like, actually, is it is it a music game? (laughs) And then and then and then as I played a little bit further into it, I was like, wait a second, no, no, no. This is more like more of an experiential like exploration game. Yeah. Where 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 I think like, you know, the music and the visuals and the puzzles, they all kind of you know, motivate the player to, to get further and further into this really, you know, like I said, I, I mean, to, I, I wish I had a better word for it, but you know, these, these really atmospheric, really like kind of, you know, relaxing different types of environments that you guys have created. Um, it's all of the gameplay kind of serves to, to push the player into exploration, I think. Absolutely. Um. So 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 what yeah so what what was the mood like how did you guys go from a game like Cosmic Trip to this and 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 what was your initial well, like w- were they uh, like emotional goals that you had for for moments in this game or, or what was your initial vision? Yeah, I
1: mean, uh, to answer your first question, like how do we get from Cosmic Trip to Fuji? <laughs> yeah, you know, Cosmic Trip is a very um, it's a very core targeted experience you know it's a real-time strategy game it's on vr there's there's guns there's aliens there's like alien blood and then now we have like fuji which is this very vibey you know experiential um vr game mm-hmm. you know i think you know if you look at uh the funktronic labs portfolio we all of our games kind of it's almost orthogonal <laughs> to each other in terms of like they're, they're we're, we're try not to develop games in the same genre you know i think we try to be um, very careful about, you know, we want to create games that are full of heart and just uh, high-quality experiences that uh, are beyond the specific genre and also the the platform. You know, we, we love VR, but we're not always 100% tied to VR. You know, mm-hmm. right now we're doing stuff work for Magic Leap as well, and mm-hmm. you know, that that's actually a music toy. So if you if you um, if you consider our portfolio, you know, we, we try to manifest our creativity in different ways. We don't, we're not trying to like become the real-time strategy studio, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, inst- to answer your second question, like for Fuji, <clears throat> you know, I, me personally, I do a lot of gardening at home. I've been doing for, for decades, you know, growing plants or growing little house plants. Now I have, uh, I'm very fortunate to have like a little backyard where I could grow plants outdoors mm-hmm. and... You know through throughout my experience you know with plants you know hiking and gardening it has brought a lot of positivity into my life personally Mm -hmm. and it's and it's very therapeutic where um you know just tending to these plants I get in this like kind of meditative zone where it just very it feels very like nurturing and beautiful and I have this connect feel like a connection to nature um and that's something that i've been thinking about like how do i convey this feeling i have when i'm uh you know when i'm t- uh, tending to my plants or hiking into a experience that people can enjoy and this is something i've been thinking of, i guess even before we got into vr just just how to convey like the wonders of nature the wonders of plants yeah uh, and you know it's when vr came out where it became uh, much more clear to me like you know, gardening is a very physical, sixed-off activity. <laughs> yeah, uh, and with VR coming out, with especially with Quest, which is um, a tetherless experience, it just feels more and more in line with what we want to build. So, um, yeah, th- it's been our goal to kind of synthesize a lot of these positivity and therapeutic elements huh. of of plants into a VR experience. And uh, honestly, it's 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 been a kind of a kind of a tough sell <laughs> to well, so, you know? so I have
0: a question so b- yeah. before before get into that because that's just opening my brain up to so many I think I'm just okay. ditching like most of the most of the stuff that like I, I had broken into like art and you know audio design and all this but I, sure. I guess to be a little bit more fl- like so 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 that was your goal to capture you know the the like the tranquility I guess that you're experiencing through gardening and through nature. Um, yeah. What did you find? Like, what were the what were the keys to to getting that type, that that feeling across to the player? Yeah, I think you know
1: plants. It's going to get a little weird. That's
0: that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I want. <laughs>
1: well, you know, humans and plants. You know, we've been interdependent on each other since you know, I guess even before humans was even a, a species, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we even share like. You know the same common ancestor you know, three billion years ago we, when we were a single-celled eukaryote, right? Mm-hmm. And throughout time, you know, we've had you know we depended on plants, and plants depended on us to kind of proliferate, and also plants. Um, how should I say? They they have. When we think about like consciousness, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. like humans have a very I guess little form of consciousness where we can see and observe and react and mm-hmm. like touch things, but. Mm-hmm. If we if we if we define consciousness as like um, something that can observe the environment and react to it, you know, mm-hmm. plants are conscious in in different ways as well, just mm-hmm. not not very dynamically, physically dynamic like 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 animals are. Sure. Like they can observe environment. You know, they could they bloom. They all know when it's time. You know, springtime, it's all mm-hmm. um, all ready to bloom flowers. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, I really believe. You know, like. Humans are deeply attracted to plants and flowers. This, like, mm-hmm. in, in terms of, um, if we think of something like uh, the concept of, of beauty, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's very subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, like, be- beauty is an eye behold But I would say that, in terms of na- natural elements like flowers, you know, it's it's very beauty is almost objective in the mm-hmm. way that, you know, we feel the beauty from flowers. This the, the way that, you know, like a bee would, because we are, because they've been evolved objectively to attract us, you know, through <laughs> billion, billions, of years, <laughs> uh, or through millions, you know,
0: through long yeah, time. Sure, sure.
1: And, you know, just all these ideas around beauty, consciousness and things we want, we wanted to kind of convey it in a, like, like I was saying, a VR experience, you know, I think the modern age, um, you know, not a lot of people are very connected to nature, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, people live in apartments, they live in like these, these concrete jungles, right? This yeah.
0: City. I, I'm one right. of those people. So that's why I like, uh, I mean, maybe that's part of why I, I felt so, you know, relaxed. And, and <laughs> I, I felt like Fuji was such a therapeutic, like th- there aren't that many, ga- as much as I play VR, there aren't that many games where I just get completely lost in the environment. Wow. And and Fuji was like one of those things, like I, I had to take my headset off from time to time to kind of jot down notes to prepare for our for our interview and every single time I did it I was like I like I didn't want to get out of the environment because it was so I, yeah it was just it made me so happy I and, really appreciate it
1: yeah it's, it's definitely um, yeah it's been a struggle getting like getting the feeling of lushness on a quest device. I, I assume you played on the quest or the I next? did.
0: And I and I have an index at home, which I like unfortunately I was waiting I, I had an RMA issue, so I, I haven't okay. had it for a few days. But Uh-oh. um but but even on the on the quest I was so like I can't wait to play it on the index because on the quest I felt transported into a new a new place. And and I know that there are so many technical sacrifices I'm sure you had to make to like get it to to perform as well as it was but like as an experience i i felt like everything was super fluid and super like there was nothing like i think it's probably extra hard on a technically limited device to convey the sense of i guess like a lushness yeah lushness and organic because you're limited on on probably how many polygons you're pushing and how many i like but yeah i mean i i that that's why I'm so curious on like especially on the quest when you had to distill distill the design I'm sure down to kind of the bare minimums like what did you guys feel like were the the keys to to pulling off that that sense of lushness?
1: I think a lot of it was instance in plants so we spent a lot of energy you know there's this. Um, Graphics GPU technique called instancing where you could render it could very quickly render a, um, The same mesh multiple times across the scene. So things like grass. Yeah, you know, yeah uh, we, we invest a lot of energy building a completely um, custom uh, Like vegetation instancing system for for the game. So we're able to, and we build built like a lot of tools for artists to come in like really easily, just like, uh, like with the paintbrush, paint flowers and paint plants in there. And then we have, uh, kind of dynamic, uh, LOD level of detail system that mm-hmm. optimizes based on distance. And, and we, we, you know, the feeling of nature is the lushness and, and the complexity mm-hmm. of the environment. And we we felt that it was very necessary. So we, we did invest a lot of technical time into it. And I would say it paid off.
0: Oh, it definitely. and the other thing I was like, something that I just, it was how much movement there is. There's just always, you always feel like nothing's, like the environment's never static. You feel like the environment is is very much like a living, breathing thing. Which I think,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's. I really appreciate because that's that's definitely been our goal. It's everything should feel like it's alive, you know. Even, and we took the concept even further. Like we had plants to actually react to you. To like, you know, that uh, one of the core ideas uh, concepts of consciousness of, you know, it's it's not only conscious environment, it's conscious of you too. So. We uh, we kind of made it a little bit more magical, where they would like look at you and dance and like you know move and have like music things and really trying to push that idea, um, you know, into the experience.
0: No, it's really like, like I said, like sometimes like certain types of games, you're you're in there for like the core gameplay mechanic or like very much. I got the sense right away. I was like, okay, like this is allow like doing like you know collecting these the I know there's seeds and then. Oh, I, I don't know what the other like the orbs gems, what are they gems. called? Gems? It's called light gems uh, yeah. Light gems. Okay. So yeah, like I, I mean I love collecting light gems, but really it's like I look forward to being able to like uncover the next area to explore. So it's kind of you know, like while while I'm playing, I you know, moving from scene to scene, it's usually not it's more so like I can't wait to kind of see what the next areas are going to look like and like it's yeah, it's really it's really nice. I really appreciate it. We, you know, we try to make,
1: you know, our I guess one of our original goals was try to make a meditative experience and it became like a meditative magical hike experience. And it became more like, um, uh, like a puzzle game, you know, Mm -hmm. like in puzzle in terms of like, there's like things that you need to complete to progress Mm -hmm. into the next area. Mm -hmm. Um, and just from play tests, you know, uh, internally at our studio when we bring kind of like random people in to play you know people react very differently depending on the player we, we have people who just you know we, we expect you know we, we're all gathering around them and we see that what they're seeing on the they're playing through the rift and then we're like okay we, we want them to go through this puzzle you know and figure out what's blocking them but what, what people want to do most of the time is they just want to find like a nice hill corner and just like sit down and just like chill and meditate you know yeah um and i'm like oh man like (laughs) how do we balance between these two things Um, yeah
0: there are definitely spots (laughs) where i feel like yeah i would see like i I would see like this perfect like like place that you could just sit and like you had a great like vista view of like the next area and i could I, i would always i would see those kind of places and be like huh like i like functionally speaking I wonder what this is for but it seems like it's just like the perfect place to just hang out (laughs) like
1: yeah yeah definitely we yeah we try to make it like a nice nature experience I think I think there is a um, general zeitgeist around nature especially with um, recently you know I think People, you know, they're growing a lot of house plants, especially in California, where people are into cactuses or cacti. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: And I think a lot of it has to be has to do with people, you know, wanting to reconnect with nature, and also a little bit, ironically, like a distrust of technology. Hmm. <laughs> you know, you, we see. Uh, sorry, not not trying to get too weird, but
0: sure. You know, you see a lot of
1: news articles all the time about you know, like the current generation is an outlier in terms of depression rates and suicide rates. And yeah. a lot of it has been pinned on technology and sure. social media and all these things that, you know, it's, it's painting this really grim future. Yeah. I
0: like. No, I don't think that's weird at all. Cause that's definitely, I mean, in a lot of ways it is objective, like as, as much as society is advancing technologically and like, it seems like the human condition in some ways is getting worse and worse.
1: Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, the the narrative that technology is has always been a net positive is mm-hmm. is becoming maybe I mean it's ironic that we're in VR yes yeah. you know from I don't know the the industrial age where it lifted you know civilization out of poverty to I don't know like the the to- the discovery of the atomic bomb which <laughs> yeah. basically solved World War II um, for democracy it technology has always been seen as good and then I think it's only recently where it's just like whoa it's maybe it's not like hundred percent positive yeah maybe we should like think about these things and i think a lot of that has kind of permeated to okay let's reconnect with nature and you know things like gardening hiking you know like um
0: uh
1: like brands like patagonia <laughs> you know like yeah you know, kind of really kind of blowing up and and i think um our game kind of rode a little bit of that zeitgeist you know
0: Something so, I've been feeling yeah. for
1: a while, but it's it's something that's I guess it's more of a concrete, uh, synthesized experience in
0: VR. Well, so so getting back to I guess you alluded to it a little bit, and then I I derailed you for a second. Um, you said it was it was somewhat challenging to kind of get that message out to publishers, and um, I, I don't know if if you can talk a little bit about that. Like after obviously you you you're developing this amazing experience. Like what has it been like to kind of try to convey that idea without. I'm sure, I, I would imagine once people try it they have a better con- idea of it than when you're just explaining it but but what yeah. has that journey been like
1: Um it's been I guess it's generally been pretty tough you know when you, when you, when you start talking about gardening and nature experiences I think well I guess when we first pitched it it was like a meditative nature experience but I think the word meditation VR app has been really like you know, like it's been way overused. There's like so many super cringy meditation apps, VR meditation apps that, um, and just gardening in general, it's not really a cool core gamer kind of concept, you know, um, like publishers, platform holders, usually, you know, usually the core, how should I say, the core revenue kind of streams from core gamers, 18 to 35 male demographic, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. which is usually action-based. And nothing wrong with that. You know, I play a lot of action games myself, you know, mm-hmm. PUBG, whatever, Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, but uh, to, to pitch a game that's completely um, orthogonal to their what they view as a core demographic, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's just more of a tough sell. And we're very fortunate that we have... You know, I've been thinking about this idea for, for quite a bit, and we, you know, we've been kind of uh, formulating a pitch doc of Fuji, mm-hmm. uh, a design pitch doc, and uh, I guess it was oh my god two years ago. Um, the from Oculus, there was a um, producer gentleman named Dorian, hmm. who who worked in the Oculus uh, experiences side. You know, he mm-hmm. developed a lot more kind of narrative experiential experiences within the mm-hmm. Oculus uh, portfolio. Okay, and you know he kind of reached out to me and he's like, hey, I, uh, you know, you guys do cool VR stuff. Wondering, you know, we're about to launch this new thing. You know, back then we didn't know. It was yeah. Like
0: the Quest and- Santa Cruz or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it's called Santa Cruz. Actually I had a different name before. Okay. I it
0: um,
1: yeah, it became Santa Cruz. And then he, he was like, hey, Eddie, you know, we know you guys at Funktronic do cool work. Do, do you have anything you want to pitch to us for this, you know, exciting new hardware platform? And then, you know, I I was like, yeah, definitely um, throw together some ideas. But we also have this game pitch called Fuji that we've been kind of thinking about. And I sent it to him. And he was all about it, man. He was like, he kind of had like a a design basically around similar to Fuji as well as like in a Mushroom Kingdom kind of thing. Like a Wonderland kind of plant-based thing. And um, he was like, this is exactly like kind of what he was looking for, you know, and it, I think it was very fortunate that, um, you know, Quest back then they were looking for like a wide range of, of, of experiences mm-hmm. across the whole spectrum of, of, you know, VR enthusiasts demographic, not just, mm-hmm. uh, core gamers. So we were able to, basically they, they, they signed us for Fuji and then we, we went <laughs> into development over a course of a year and then we you know, we launched it with uh, with Quest.
0: No, that that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a title that, I guess it didn't come out at the launch of the Quest, but it came out, it was the one of the first titles, I think, that came out after the launch, correct?
1: Yeah, Oculus defines a launch title as within 60 days, I think, okay. of the hardware launch. So, okay. you know, we, we were ready, but I don't know if, if it's, maybe it's not cool for me to say, but you know, they have, they have certain, like, uh, titles that they want to, you know, they don't want to, like, release all the titles at once, because it gets overwhelming for the consumer.
0: No, that makes sense.
1: So then they kind of trickle it out, it's like, okay, Eddie, like, you know, we want to get, we want to lead with, you know, like, Star Wars, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is very, very understandable and very smart on their part. And then, like, hey, you know, we have this opening where, uh, you know, like, it was like a month or month after, where we think this will be a good, strong launch for you okay. guys, so then we're okay, sounds good. And then we went for it. And then, yeah, that's how it happened.
0: No, I think that makes sense. Cause from like a, I mean, most people are only going to have like a certain amount of dollars to spend on new titles. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, it makes sense. to like, if they, if they kind of have a feeling of where people are going to spend their money to trickle stuff out so that it maximizes the exposure of your title once it, once it launches, because definitely from the quest side of things, um, I became aware of Fuji, I think from, on the Quest side of the marketing more so than like from Steam. I definitely, oh, okay. I, I just personally, I, it was just, it stood out. i had heard of it, I think from like random people on Twitter maybe. Um, but I was, but it rang a bell because I had seen the coming soon logos and stuff like that in the Oculus store, even prior to launch. So it's awesome. Yeah. So, 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 so I mean, to me, from an outside perspective, it, it seemed to, to, to work in your favor, because, like, I, I got my initial, you know, Quest t- titles, I was getting those all ready to, to play and review and that sort of thing, and then looking at the horizon, it, it was, you know, really the Oculus Store was only mentioning a few titles, and Fuji was one of those, so it, it definitely was like an attention grabber, I think, from from that side of things.
1: so I think so, I think it stood out amongst the titles as well, um, in, in being that it's not an action title. So yeah, you know, I agree. Nothing against action titles, but, you know, I think... No, but-
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, no, I I mean at least at least as as someone that that loves VR, um, I mean Fuji is a game that you wouldn't or, or an experience rather that you wouldn't be able to create for any other type of platform like really like most of the things that you're describing like the feelings you get and the sense of tranquility from actually you know planting seeds and watering them and and interacting with plants more like physically i mean you don't get those that same sense of connectedness to the environment in a traditional game that you do in vr it's just not there so i
1: i think so i think it's it's a it's an experience that can only be experienced
0: you know through vr yeah and, and, and really, those are the things, to me anyways, that are most exciting about the platform. Like, at the end of the day, um, I mean, there's certain types of, like, action games where, yeah, you feel like you're that, you know, badass, whatever, you know, space pirate or, you know, there's yeah, all yeah. kinds of awesome, awesome action games in VR that I think don't translate super well to 2D. But there are just so many ideas out there that you wouldn't even begin to try to, like, scratch the surface on but for in VR, you know? And, and and Fuji is one of those examples. Like, prior to VR, I couldn't imagine that, you know, I would be, like, you know, in an environment like that and really getting those types of feelings out of, like, out of a game. But here I am doing that from Fuji, so. <laughs> I really appreciate it, man. yeah. Yes. And, and, and just uh, something that I, like, just the sense of place in general. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if, uh, before we kind of uh, get into some of the final stuff, uh, the last couple of things I wanted to talk about um, sure. was uh, if there were any kind of special takeaways from your experiences in VR that might not be, like, super intuitive to, to others, like, maybe to help developers. Like, what are, what are some things that you guys have learned from Cosmic Trips and Fuji that have really helped, uh, create a sense of strong presence and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it just uh, have helped you guys develop in VR that, that may not have been as obvious. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a tough one. I think, you know, I have a lot of feelings about what makes a VR game, cool, juicy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a melding between everything, right? Um, I think you know if you know the concept of like mind body spirits you know as a foundational principle for VR where you feel like your mind body and spirit in the VR experience I think is what makes something feel immersive and special you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's kind of one of the been, been one of the core principles um, for the body body aspect you know I think a lot of it has to do with making it feel like everything has a physicality to it. You know, like even our menu kind of has physics, Mm -hmm. Uh, everything, all the plants have physics, you know, your hands and everything has like jelly physics as well. And um, in the real world, everything has physics. And when you, when you experience, you know, a lot of VR, menus and other games you know they it's just like you pop up and they just like kind of spawn in and there's no real any physicality it's like this meta property which is completely non-physical
0: feels really really odd and i this this reminds me of my discussion with alchemy labs because they're like huge proponents of everything must and yeah if they could like force something upon the industry it would be like no more menus (laughs)
1: Exactly. I, I feel the same, you know, or at least if you have menus, make it stylized and uh, add some physics to it. I think if like imagine if you're in a real world and then something just popped in and it had no, zero weight, you know, it's, it's yeah. very, very jarring. And I think it, it breaks immersion. And I think uh, at the very minimum, yeah, c- keep everything physical is, <laughs> uh, in terms of the VR space. And I think, you know, sound... Visuals have to be very, very, and haptics, I think, um, have to all really work together. You know, haptics is the only way for, at least right now, for players to really feel like they have a tactile sensation into the world, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just really understanding or trying to understand what, you know, when, um, what kind of frequencies and amplitudes certain touches require to make it feel real, you know, like if. Mm-hmm. If you're touching, if you're shooting something you want, you know, with a gun, you want like a really strong feedback, you mm-hmm. know, visuals and sound. Mm-hmm. But if you're touch, if you're gliding something like, like in Fuji, your hand across a flower, you kind of want to be a lighter f- haptic and just communicating, um, uh, I guess the, uh, the, ma- the physical material through haptics is, is the only way you can right now. <clears throat> um, and then sound as well, <laughs> sound is super important, trying to figure out what, you know, Fuji, everything was musical. There's no real, any physical sounds. Everything was synthesized. Uh Um, uh, but the sound designer did a great job of making a sound design that felt native to the experience. Mm. Um, there was a study done a while ago. I think it was call of duty (laughs) where there were like two control groups or two groups. One was, um, uh, they played the same exact game, right? Like mm-hmm. Call of Duty. Uh, one one team or one group played it with sound and one played it without sound. And they did a survey after of like which the survey basically like which game had better graphics. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then with the the um the group that has sound on, like unanimously, like everyone like you know like statistically significantly chose that as like this one had way way better next gen graphics because wow. the human mind you know congeals huh. sound and visuals together to form uh like an actual property in your brain so i think i think it's very important to kind of think about that as well
0: yeah and with haptics like you said in vr like i think that was one of the things when like yeah when i when i'm playing fuji for example the the uh, like as a trained VR, I guess like an analyst, I'm not really, I I don't know what I am, but um, (laughs) when I'm, when I'm playing games, I'm trying to kind of figure out, okay, what's going on here? Because I want to know, you know, I want to be able to talk about it a little bit in the podcast. And I, I think about the art style. I think about the audio and haptics is one of those things that I think when done right, like it's almost, it, it complements both of those things. And I don't really like, unless I'm really trying to focus on it, it's just, it just feels real. Like you don't even necessarily think of it as the controller, like ha- like rumbling or vibrating. Yeah. You just think of it as, Oh, I was interacting with that plant. And then, and then likewise, like what you were saying, there are certain games where the, the, the actual like physic like the, the technical interactions in the experience might be sound like they, like you're able to click a button and, 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 and mess with the mesh of a certain object in the game, and everything's interactive. But if haptics aren't done right, it doesn't feel like you're actually interacting really with anything. So yeah. So that's I, it's interesting to hear that because like that's one of the things that I think is so subtle, but yet so important. And I, yeah,
1: I totally agree. You know, there's there's this talk that Jesse Shell did a while ago that really stuck in my mind very early on. Um, I think it was OC one, August Connect one or two. Okay. We kind of uh, he defines uh, VR immersion as 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 a bubble. Like imagine like like a bubble floating across the world um, in a in in like a in a grass. Uh, what do you call it? Like, like you're in a park, right? And yeah. And your immersion is a is defined as a bubble. And there's every all these spikes and grass blades and things trying to break it, you know. And it's it, anything anything could really affect it and anything could really break you out of immersion. Hmm. It could be like sound design, art style, haptics, you know, like a hitch in, 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 your performance, you know? Yeah. And the way, the way he delicately put it where, or the way he defined it as like your immersion being this very, very, very delicate, fragile uh-huh. thing where you got to be very, very careful to uh, nurture it and make sure that, you know, your your consciousness and your immersion kind of travel through the experience smoothly without being, you know, popped. <laughs> huh. uh, it was a very, very kind of clear analogy for me. It really stuck yeah. in my brain.
0: Yeah. No, I I like that analogy a lot too. And I, I hadn't heard that before, but it totally makes sense because, like you said, you can be doing everything right. And if you, and depending on the player, if there's just something that, that's going on that gets their attention, that can be enough to to pull you away for just that split second. And that's enough to to remember that you're not in another place.
1: Exactly. And that's one thing I really like about Quest as well, because one thing that really kind of always reminded me that I'm not, that I am in VR is... The wire. You know, the wire. Yeah. And and actually, you know, when, you know, when they're like doing the product specs and then they put like the weight of the headset, they're not, they're not counting the wire. The wire is like super heavy. It's like pounds, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like pounds of pulling like torque on your lower or your... Your, your back of your neck yeah and just not having that and just you know having that complete freedom is so emotionally you know freeing
0: i agree no i mean that's one of the things that i'll be interested in. i love my index so much but like that's that's one of the things that you like that i'm wondering what it'll be like switching like trying fuji versus like the experience i had with the quest um it's very much one of those like I'm trained to try to ignore the, 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 cord as much as possible when I'm on a wired headset. Um, but I noticed that when I'm playing wireless, I just behave differently. Yeah.
1: Like I, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm just, I'm just moving around and doing things that like, that I just don't normally do when I'm like a, on a tethered headset. And totally. yeah. So, huh? Yeah. No, it'll be am- amazing once we reach that limit where, um, uh, Yeah, once we once we reach the phase where we're able able to have like wireless PC based VR that really functions proper like perfectly and it's yeah I'm still like I I've had experience with like the Vive you know wireless adapter and like the TP cast I think before Mm -hmm. that and but none of those like all of those things to me anyways they they I know they're like especially with the Vive wireless it's supposed to be lag free but something about it just makes me like I, I tend to get sick using it and I know that like I, I play VR enough to where if I can tell something's different then I know it, it can't be lag free but
1: yeah it's uh, it's definitely not lag free and I, I feel sick as well so you're you're not alone.
0: Okay. So yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the day where I can I can have like the quality visuals of the index with uh you know with complete wireless capabilities something like the quest. That would be yeah. Absolutely amazing. So, what are your thoughts on
1: the, the, uh, sorry, the index and index controllers?
0: Yeah. So, so that's what. So, I mean, my thoughts on that have been tricky because I've kind of been in and out of. Like, I still feel like overall I need more time with the controllers to get like a, a strong sense. I haven't had a chance to check out Fuji yet. I haven't had a chance to check out nearly as many titles with the index controllers as I want to. Um, the headset itself, for me, is super comfortable. And Same. Yeah, and I definitely noticed like just in general the stress of being in VR is, is way lessened when I'm in the index. Like mm-hmm. I like using the quest, like it feels like it's not attached to my head quite like I, like on one hand it feels like it's not as tight as I want it to be. And then on the other hand, I take it off and I have marks all over my face. <laughs> whereas whereas with the with, with the index, like I it feels like it's nice and snug on my head. But when I take it off after being in it for like an hour plus, it's like I never even had it on. Okay. So 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 those are like super, super amazing things. Initially I thought that the the cord was behaving kind of better than the rift or the vibes cord. But then as I played with it more and more, it seemed like it kind of caught on itself a little bit more than I, I realized. Oh so, so that was something that kind of bothered me a little bit. But but otherwise, like the headset for me is more or less exactly what I'd like uh, minus, I guess, like the glare and, and and black, like the blacks. Yeah. I noticed that they're a little gray, um, but it, it doesn't bother me for the most part, as long as I think, I think for that, as long as you design the game to not have like, you know, as long as you're designing games around, not having tons of, of super dark blacks, then like the glare issues and the, and 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 that stuff won't affect you as much and i'm not trying to be like a technical it was just something i noticed that when i like i didn't think that would affect me that much but in the limited time i played with my index versus like the games that i'm used to it did feel a little bit more like a screen when i was in really dark environments on the index than what i was used to in vr if that makes sense Okay. Yeah. How about how, how about the controllers? So then the really? controllers. So the controllers. I think the. So so yeah. So so well. So overall though, the headset though is amazing. Like I, I wouldn't use any other headset um, besides Actually. the Index now. Um, but those Holy are just God. kind of pros and cons, you know. Um, for the for the controllers, they they've been amazing for me. Um, I would like I would I, I wish they they felt a little bit more durable. That's the only concern I have with them really is that like compared to especially like the five the ones, which I probably like, even though I've had the touch as long, I probably use the wands a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Those things feel like if I slam them into like a concrete wall, it, they'd probably survive. <laughs>
1: um,
0: with, with these ones, I feel like I'm not sure that they're as strong as that, but like I, I'm careful with my stuff. So, I, but that, so that's my only like concern on build quality. Um, as far as like the actual like mechanics of them, I think being able to not have a grip button is, like, my biggest, like... Like, I I think, conceptually, I was most excited about the finger tracking, and I still think... I think that is game by game. So, like, in my experience yeah. using it, um, games that do finger tracking well with the index controllers feel amazing, and games that are, like... And then there are other games that have added support for, for finger tracking, where I'm like, eh, hey, it feels like... I, I'm not sure that it feels much better than like the capacitive touch of like a, an Oculus controller. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but but that's like software to software. So so definitely I see the potential where the like this like the technology that they've implemented in them, if if it properly in- implemented, adds quite a bit of pres- hand presence. Like really, even if it's not functional in the software, if the fingers, I don't know, if the if 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 the in-game hands move in a way that that makes me feel as close to -to one-to-one as possible then i do feel like it makes a big difference because especially in games where i like i i tried back to back a lot of games that were implementing some sort of finger tracking with index controllers and then i went to games that didn't have it with this like using the index controllers and all of a sudden it felt like i was just moving around like blocks of wood in vr wow like like, like l- legitimately, like, it felt like I went from these were, these are my hands to like, these are not my hands. I'm just like moving two objects back and forth, you know? <laughs> and so, so then, so then I was like, wow, that, that actually makes a huge difference. Um, so that's on finger tracking. But the thing that like, like just in gameplay that like excites me the most and and, it, and impacts everything is being able, is not having an actual grip button. Because, oh, you're not, you're not into the grip button. No, because I mean, if done well, like I, I like the the grip button on the index on or not on the next on the on the, the the new Oculus controllers. It's not bad because it's pretty easy. But still, I feel like if like for example, something silly that I'm doing in uh, that I was doing in Fuji, even though I really didn't need to, like I I had my whole inventory full, and I had a couple of gems, and I wanted to get the gems from like all the way at the end of one of the areas, all the way back home. Mm -hmm. And so I like constantly, like I grabbed both gems and I wanted to like, like I definitely knew that I could leave them there and like go back and get gems later. But for some reason I wanted to take these with me. So, (laughs) so, so while I'm holding these gems, like having to actually like hold down the, the, the grip button on those controllers, like after a while I felt like, like my hand was starting to cramp because I'm pushing a button on the controller. Yeah, to hold something. Yeah. But like, that's something that like on the, on the index, I don't even think about because literally like you go, I mean, you can just go from having an open hand to having just a normal relaxed grip on the controller. And in most instances, even like a relaxed grip on the controller, in my experience will be enough pressure to like have it, have it triggered, mm. you know? Like like sometimes you have to, like sometimes I, I was noticing you have to kind of give it like a tiny bit more pressure to like actually grab or let go of something. But usually once you've grabbed onto it, you don't really have to like have any increased pressure, at least in my experience. So you can just kind of have your hand closed around the controller and it continues to hold whatever you were trying to hold. Um and so so yeah, so so like those kind of things, like actually like holding onto a gun, like all of a sudden like I mean, when done well with the index controllers, I I'd never felt like I had to uh, I had like uncomfortable hand pressure to actually mm. hold on to it. Like like I could just hold it and it would hold. And that makes sense. Yeah. So so those were, like I, those were things for me that I really liked. And then and then I actually really like. I think for somehow they took like over time. I didn't love the the haptic pads on the Vive wands. Like I, I thought. I thought they were really great when like specifically designed for, but yeah. after a while, I was like, I, I wish I just had sticks. I think it was actually really smart to have both because um, having the sticks makes a big difference when you need that kind of direct uh, direct feedback of, of a joystick. Mm-hmm. Um, but having the pad there um, in menus and more specifically just certain types of tasks that like a, a haptic pad does a better job of I, I like that the tactile feel of, of, that little pad there. Yeah. Um, and so I could see like, I, there haven't been a ton of examples of games where I've gotten to use both, but I could see like, like valve or, or whoever it is that, uh, in the future develops a game with controls that more focus on the capabilities of the index controllers. Um, I could see both of those being used for different types of things and both of them being really useful.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think
0: so as well. Um, what do you think, like from developing with it? Like, what are what? Are, and and I know, like, we'll we'll try to wrap things. up. the index is one of the main last things I want to talk to you about. But what? Yeah. What What have you, your impressions been developing for it, and and the capabilities and, and thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think um, I agree with you that the the headset is amazing. You know, one forty four hertz. Yeah. You know, like f- great field of view. Uh, I didn't really have any problems with the, I guess, the contrast ratio, the blacks. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, when I go back in, I'll, I'll, I'll look for them. But I, I really did not, it didn't stand out to me. So I, okay, I, I've been very, very happy with the quality of the headset. The controllers, I think it, 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 it kind of works um, well on certain experiences. You know, I think, um, you know, that's, how should I say? Are you uh, familiar with the concept of uh, the uncanny valley? Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, like um, you know, traditionally, uncanny valley is uh, it's mostly with visuals, right? The, yeah. You, know, you have like the closer you are from like a cartoon character to like a human character, you know, you have the extra abstraction of like like Homer Simpson on the left side, and then on the right side is like a photograph of a player or mm-hmm. of a human. Mm-hmm. And it's somewhere in between the abstract and the objective. It you dip into the uncounting valley and just yeah. feels very uncomfortable to look at it. And um, you know, I think that that concept, the uncounting valley, also huh. applies not just to visuals but interaction as well. Sure. And I, I kind of feel a little bit of the uncounting valley huh. um, with the controllers, where okay. um, I guess on the le- the like the analogy of like the the cartoony. Abstract version would be like you know the current touch controllers where everything is abstracted to a button, and you know like this button does opens this inventory. The grab button is for grabbing, you know the trigger button is for shooting. And then on the right side, the the the, the, the photorealistic side would be like your hand, your actual hand grabbing things in VR and feeling things with haptics, right? Yeah, and,
0: and with your experience on Magic Leap, I was actually kind of interested on. In- on, on well, your magically,
1: basic. I use the controller. Or
0: yeah, or not or, not magically, but leap, ma- motion. leap motion. That's what I
1: meant. Yeah, I mean leap motion. Um, kind of a little bit to me. I mean, yeah, like, like you know, they're my friends, so I'm not trying to like sure <laughs> shit, shit on them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sometimes, you know, I just I just want to feel like haptics, you know. Yeah. Uh, but with 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 specifically on um, the index controller, I definitely, I think the the build quality is great, and I and I think it works well. Um, when you're playing games like shooters, where the controller, I guess, like the the grip circumference is mm-hmm. this, or a radius is the same as like a gun, for example, mm-hmm. a standard mm-hmm. like handgun or whatever. Okay. Um, but I definitely felt some Uncanny Valley vibes huh. when, you know, I was reaching, you know, one of the demos, you're reaching out and you're like grabbing, I forgot, like a cube or a grenade or something. Yeah. It's something that does not, is not the same physical, uh, hmm. uh, like, Physical size as the controller and I remember just being like I f- I see my hands It's really cool. You see your fingers articulate, right?
0: Yeah,
1: and I'm closing in on an object but then like
0: it's the Object does like... through
1: the grenade and it's actually I'm gripping a you know, like a the controller cylinder Huh, and I just it felt very uncanny for me. It felt like it was close, but not there yeah, so yeah. it dipped it dipped into the valley and, you know, I think it it kind of depends on, like, if I was to develop a fully native experience with, I'd make everything, all the, you know, the grips, or handles, or whatever, guns have yeah. the same exact thing, so it feels like you're actually grabbing
0: it. That makes sense. Um, no, because I would I, imagine that's one of those things that, like, subconsciously or not, if you were to design a game with objects of that shape that you are grabbing, like, I just think it would probably end up feeling so much more real.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think um I think it's very, very promising and
0: uh No that's I, really interesting.
1: I'm very hopeful that they're gonna iterate on it. I I does I does feel like for games that do it well, it does it really well. But yeah. you know, say say you're grabbing like a box, like you're grabbing a box with the of controllers where it feels like your hand is like closing in on Yeah, you it yeah, just it just
0: it that's, wouldn't that's work the same thing yeah. for me. Yeah, um, but see, like, yeah, the question. Hmm. See, I haven't had like back-to-back kind of tests to see how I feel about like something more abstracted, like you were saying, like, like, yeah, because because I wonder, yeah, because because similar to what you're saying, like, I'm kind of curious what a game like BoneWorks or something like that will look like when, ev- when like the in-game model is very physically, uh, physically modeled, so that yeah, like yeah. like let's say let's say the in-game hand. Is grabbing the the corner of a box, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and your hand is grabbing the index controller. Yeah, yeah. If if that if that's going to be so much more jarring than if I had pushed a button on a controller to have the in-game hand also do the same motion. Um, that's that's kind of how I feel. I'd rather
1: it be one to one or abstracted, like yeah, somewhere yeah. in between.
0: Feels weird, but
1: you know I think no, that's a that's good That's just my preference. I think a lot of people, you know, I think the selling point of the index is that it's the high articulation and it feels really real. And I think Boneworks is like the perfect game for, you know, from a marketing standpoint to convey because a lot of people, you know, they buy the index, they're on PC, they have like a powerful rig. They want to play, they want to feel, you know, for, for a lot of people, they want to feel fully immersed, right? This is virtual reality at its at its peak so it makes sense that like um like something like the index controllers would be highly preferable because it feels a higher fidelity mm-hmm. uh, input scheme than like a like a touch controller mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and i do think you know guns and stuff it works works well like it just feels good to shoot in vr you know yeah
0: like what what about the finger track because because interested like yeah, because your perspective, like, I think subconsciously I had thought about the uncanny uncan- valley issue that you're describing, because like there, there were moments that I had in an actually like vacation simulator, for example, where I was like, I think I was, I don't know, throwing throwing snowballs or something with it. And I remember <laughs> I remember thinking like it kind of like on one hand, it was it was awesome that I was like, like grabbing and letting go of the balls. Okay. But I think specifically in that instance, because they were snowballs, I think I remember feeling like there was something a little bit strange about it. But I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um. But 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 the thing that like was my initial inclination when I tried the controllers that I got kind of kind of over when it came to Uncanny mm-hmm. Valley was like the one to one nature of the finger tracking. Because yeah. I think as someone that hadn't, like, I, I didn't have Knuckles access to, like, one of, like, to the dev kits or anything like that. So I had seen quite a bit of people using it online without actually trying them. And mm-hmm. then actually trying them in real life, my first feeling was, oh, this doesn't feel that one-to-one. Like, the, the finger tracking feels a little slow. Like, it, it feels like a slightly better version of like the capacitive touch that I'm already used to with the Oculus controllers. Like that, that was what it initially felt like to me. I think as I've played more games and as like, I I don't know to the extent that the controller recalibrates itself for your finger position and all of that, like if it got better, but over time I felt like if I focused less on my fingers and just kind of played games, um, the finger presence, like, like I didn't notice as much the lack of one-to-one, uh, precision when it came to the to the finger uh, the finger positioning yeah I think I think it's one of those things that you kind
1: of get used to yeah. um, and it, it like I said I think it's 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 great it's just uh, I think it's more game specific you know works yeah. better on certain games works yeah.
0: and, and, and audio was the other thing on the index that I think is like I, I'm really excited to kind of hear Fuji on on the, the, the valve index audio solution. Yeah. Because those headsets, I mean, if there's one like besides the visuals, if there's one thing that after I got used to in the Index, going to like the Quest or going to other headsets, it's just man, like the sound quality in the Index is amazing.
1: It's yeah, amazing. the the open air design is, I think it's the right direction because, you know, like like it's kind of like the feeling of of you know the tethered the wire going down your neck, you know, having earphones or things like on your ear. Or earbuds inside your ear, it feels like you're not in the experience. You know, it feels like a virtual experience.
0: Yeah, like you're closed off.
1: Yeah, just having open, having your ears open to the sound as if it was real feels very nice for me. I'm very, uh, I'm a huge fan of that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And just the fidelity, like in a di- like, yeah, for me also, like I get hot when I have something on my ears. As okay. opposed to having something, so like, so having it like nice and open also just makes the headset more comfortable. And then with the high fidelity of the audio coming out of those speakers, it's like mm. it, yeah, it's definitely something like when I'm away from it, I think the sound quality is like one of the things I miss the most about about the Index.
1: Yeah, I so. think one problem with the open air design would be like frequency ranges get shifted, okay. I guess, uh, rightward, yeah, uh, towards high frequencies because. Yeah. Bass sounds are harder, you know. Like, yeah, we had that issue when developing Fuji, where like the open air design, we we made all these great sounds with like deep bass rumbles, yeah. you know. Like how you know the, the kind of the traditional way of how you make things feel epic or holy,
0: yeah. yeah, is
1: by emitting like Boom. bass, like earth shattering bass, and you know we we did a lot of that, but it didn't it, it doesn't really convey an open air. Um, yeah.
0: Design, even so we yeah. even the index I agree because that's a like prior to using the index headsets I I would use my home theater system which I the downside to that is that I didn't have like proper Specialized, spatialized yeah. audio but <laughs> then the upside was like I have two huge like uh like yeah two huge subwoofers on my like system and mm. it's just like it's awesome. Like it's it's one <laughs> of those things that like like playing something like the blue like you literally feel the whale oh, wow. when it comes to you. like oh, so, so I would love plant, but yeah, but I've completely switched over to using the index. But that's yeah, even with that, as good as it sounds, you still miss a lot of the the base.
1: Yeah, which is unfortunate, but under, I think it's a trade, good trade off though.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with that. So, okay, so yeah, didn't want to take up you know too much more time. I, before we end the call. Just you had mentioned right when we started, I think that despite kind of where VR has, has you know come and gone since since the consumer headsets have have released, uh, you guys still have a very uh, like you know strong uh, vision of where you see VR hopefully going. Mm-hmm. What what is that vision before and then we can end the call. Sure, um, you know I think it's
1: really nice that we're at a point in the VR industry where the 6DOF solutions have been defined on the mm-hmm. low end and high end. So on the low end, you have the Quest, you know, where is a Tetherless 6DOF solution. And on the high end, we have the Index, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think VR has been modeled quite a bit with a lot of like 3DOF, <laughs> 360 experiences and movies and a lot of things that I don't, I feel are very, um, against what VR wants to be, you know, and I, yeah. I think it have really confused consumers and muddled the image. You know, I think, I, I feel like everything should be sixed off at the I minimum. Agree. Yeah. And, um, now that we have a very clear path forward from like the sixed off as a foundational source of industry, I think it's, I think it'd be, um, I think it's going to be really good because yeah, I I think before, you know, before the quest launch, I think, I just think it was just a mess. Like if you look at the matrix of like VR headsets out there, it was, it's it's insane, you know, just (laughs) three DOF, you know, Tetherless, Tether 3DOF, 3DOF mobile, Gear VR, you know, Oculus. And then even, even like, what was it? I saw like another matrix of like, you know, you have three DOF, six DOF and you have standing, sitting, uh, room scale, non-room scale, uh-huh. and uh, what is it, like controller, uh, what is that, <laughs> remote? Yeah,
0: six uh, where you controller. have 6 off headset with, like, yeah. a 3DOF remote, like... Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it was like a 3D matrix of, like, input paradigms, and I'm so glad to see that, okay, 6 off headset... Two six-dot controllers. Let's build that as a foundation. No, no more of this other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm really feeling hopeful. Like just considering, like kind of what we t- we talked about earlier. Like from 2016, the first generation of release to now, three mm-hmm. years after with Quest in index, in a three-year span, it, it's it's jumped a, almost a, a, a full generation. I would say even in like a generation and a half in technology. Yeah. And then just seeing what it'll be like in another three years, you know, it's, I think it's going to be very revolutionary. You know, right now, you know, at Funtronic Labs, we're doing work with uh, Magic Leap right now. Mm. Um, just a little context. We, you know, there was the, um, the Magic Leap developer grants that we applied for. Okay. There were like 6,500 applicants. We oh, were selected wow. as one of the five game developers. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, I Yeah. I feel very, very grateful. <laughs> this. It was, it's something that we've been wanting to do for a while. And, you know being in magic leap for a while has i'm feeling very hopeful i feel like in the future there will be a hardware paradigm where it's a mix between vr ar where you could select the opacity where like you know if i want i want to be in ar so now i want to be fully transparent where i could see the world and render things on top of the world or yeah. i want to be completely in vr and then be fully opaque you know
0: and man and I, think, I, I, think of everything you could do kind of in between that as well
1: like, yeah. Oh man, I remember I um, had a magical experience in the last Oculus Connect where they were showing the Quest, uh, the
0: pass through. I don't know yeah. if you we were
1: able to try that or if you heard about that.
0: I, sounds familiar. Explain what w- which demo you saw, and then
1: it was a dead and buried multiplayer demo. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Where, yeah,
0: I, yeah. Um, I did. I did get a uh, chance to try it.
1: It was. I mean, just uh, just for your listeners' sake. Yeah. Um, the context was that you would go into, it was a multiplayer arena where you go in, I forgot how many people like five or six, and then we all have the quest on, but it's pass-through. So I could see everyone, I could see everyone getting set up, uh, everyone putting on their headset and the, you know, the um, the Oculus attendants kind of uh, helping them through the, uh, the setup process. And then once the game starts, you know, everyone's body like the mesh meshes in, and then the, it kind of fades. <laughs> crossfades into Dead and Buried Multiplayer Shooter. And I thought, holy crap, that was, it was definitely like, you know, spine-tingling kind of feeling. And I, I really feel like that, some kind of form of that is going to be in the, in the future. That's so cool.
0: No, it's it's really exciting exciting to see like kind of where this stuff is heading. And like you said, like, yeah, it, it's awesome that you're working on AR and VR because I think those two, you know, technologies definitely have so much in common so much different but so much in common and they're definitely probably going to converge at some point uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah, absolutely I think it's just um I guess the 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 industry the developers and I guess the funding as well is all in the same space so I think eventually it's going to have like a a mixed hybrid of, of the
0: two yeah well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for for joining me today. It was a it was a real treat. Uh, like I said, I've I've really been in love with Fuji, and I can't wait to to go and go. When I get home, I'm gonna be playing Cosmic Trip, so mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm really excited to play that as well. And yeah, it's it's exciting. I uh, when I guess uh, for people that are interested in following the games that you've already released as well as you know future projects that you guys are working on, what's the best way that they should uh, look to reach out to you guys?
1: sure we're on um, you know we're on Facebook and Twitter so if you Twitter is like uh, at Funktronic Labs we're on Facebook as well Funktronic Labs um, com is where you can find all our games and and, and uh, works and yeah thank you so much for having me it's been a real joy talking
0: to you and an honor to be part of your um, podcast no of course the, the honor is all ours so thank you so <laughs> much again and uh, yeah we'll be in touch soon so thanks everyone for listening Bye.